there is a very high possibility that if you are listening to this podcast right now, you've probably already gotten out of bed. You, you probably already shut down your alarm clock. Brush the teeth, hop in the shower, uh, prep the coffee. It, it might even be in a mug right now. You, you might maybe carry water. Are you doing the whole lemon cayenne thing? Is the tea steeping? Canned yerba mate? I don't know, but chances are you're probably on your way right now. Just keep the ball rolling with the day. Are we going to work? Are we just kind of doing our thing? I mean, I don't know. But here, look, I am ready to rock with you. Everyone, it's going to be a fantastic day. And what better way to start it off with? Well, look, I mean, this is the Monday Morning Commute Podcast. My name is John. Everyone, here's my thing. So I, I flew back home uh, for Thanksgiving, for the holidays. And I, and I think this is a nice way to frame it. We discussed the whole Thanksgiving and, and plate sizes, and we have to come to play. And I don't think I dropped the ball at the dinner table, but I will say this. Um, I lacked self-discipline around the appetizers. I will admit it. Uh, There's fiery feta involved. That was a variable. I was not expecting that. It was a 12-6 curve. I buckled. Um, And I just kind of gave in, and I was okay with it, though. I had a lot of the fiery feta. Um, You know, I got physical with other things here and there, but it really was the fiery feta that kind of put me down. Uh, plate wise though, I had, I had a very solid, large plate. It wasn't like mountainous, but it was a respectable plate. I touched nearly all the bases. Um, surprise, surprise. Stuffing was the best in my personal opinion. Uh, my aunt makes a mean stuffing. I love it. But overall I, I finished my plate and it wasn't, it was a bit of a struggle. Uh, it was a little bit of a struggle to kind of get to the finish line and I got up and I got, I, I, I don't know if I'm actually hallucinating or I literally got, I think I got seconds, but it was a very sad helping of seconds. It was some stuffing, some taters. I just called mashed potatoes. Too. It was some stuffing, some mashed potatoes, and maybe some turkey. And I finished that. I believe I might not have. I believe I did though. I'm pretty, no, I did. I did. I'll confirm that. But then I came around, hit it again around 930, had a lovely sandwich, and I think I, I followed through with what I said uh, on the last Monday morning commute. So that's my summary of the kind of the Thanksgiving meal and how it went down. Um, but no, I, I flew back on Saturday evening. And it was an interesting flight time. I, I, I had to, probably got to the airport around 7.45. I had a little bit of Thanksgiving leftovers before I departed. But I was hungry. I got into the, the terminal. I had about 30 minutes to kill. Timed it perfectly. TSA pre-thank you. Thank you, thank you. I, I think I was literally from drop-off to my terminal, including going through security and all that. I'm checking my bags, of course. Oh, no, I'm not checking. Excuse me, I was carrying on. But I, it might have been three minutes. But no, I get in the terminal, I'm a little, you know, a little hungry. It was crowded, but everyone was around the, uh, the TVs. They had some college football going on. But in this one terminal at the San Diego airport, it's, I don't, it's not like a logistical nightmare, but it just, it's just, you kind of walk around in a circle and they have a few spots. And I'm going to be honest, I've been flying to the airport for almost 18 years and I still don't actually know how it's made up because I only go to this one terminal, but that's one terminal. They have, they have a bar and then I think they have like a, a snack stop and then they have a counter, like the counter burgers for, for those who don't know, it's like the whole custom burger thing. They hopped on it at 2010. They got pretty big on it, maybe 2009. But I'm thinking, I'm hungry. You know what? I've, I've already outdone myself calorie-wise this entire week. What's another burger I'm going to do? I get in line. My burger, very simple. It's going to be a, a uh, I got the, the white patty, uh, beef burger, jalapenos, pickles, red onion, uh, Dijon vinaigrette. 
And then I believe I came on top with a trip, uh, excuse me, a garlic aioli. I don't know where that came from. And it wasn't that bad. I just, I've, I've, I, I thought, why not mix it up? I was hitting it off um, with the individual making the burger and, you know, spice it up a little bit. And I did. It was good. I got a Diet Coke too. The point I want to make is 15 bucks was my total. Um, I did tip. We're flirting around $17 for a burger. It got the job done. It was good. I enjoyed it. And a Diet Coke. Everyone I'm not bringing up something that's new. I, I, I am not by any means uh, bringing up something that has not been discussed passionately. I think we all know what I'm going to say. Uh, the airport inflates prices on all of their items um, in, in disgusting ways. But it leads a great debate because, you know, as I'm literally getting my debit card back, as I know I'm going to tip a little bit of money, as I know I'm going to get 17 bucks reducted from my bank account, I can't help but think, look, movie theaters, airports, ballparks, who inflates their prices the worst? That's a good debate. I, I, I shot a, a poll out on Twitter. You can catch me at here's my things, S at the end. And a subtle plug there. But no, and I, um, I, I received 12 votes on this poll, and I basically asked, you know, who inflates their prices the worst? And results, I don't know if it was interesting, it was dispersed taking 42% of the vote in first place, the winner, who apparently inflates their prices the worst, movie theaters. Uh, in second, I believe it was, no, yes, in second, it was the ballparks. And when I say ballparks, by the way, I'm referring to like NBA, NFL, like arenas, really, sporting arenas. And then last place was airports. I, upon initially looking at that, I was surprised it was so spread out. But I want to be honest, I actually disagree and I appreciate the engagement. I just disagree. In, in my personal opinion, I think the movie theater is probably the most sensible solution to this whole price inflation thing. I get it. I back it. Let me break down why, and I'll start out by framing ballparks and arenas. In my, excuse me, ballparks and airports. My, my biggest thing here, let's look at the live gate. What are you doing numbers-wise? What are you making up front? Because in terms of price of admission... Uh, my, my tickets for a flight, hands down, they're, I mean, they're going to take the cake, they're up top. But it's these basketball games, these NFL games, MLS, NHL, MLB, they're coming in the middle. And obviously, depending where you want to see, you, you can, no question, probably have a seat that's more than a, than a flight ticket. Um, at the same time, if you're probably sitting mid-level, that might be you know a quick flight to Phoenix, might be a quick flight to Vegas, San Francisco, wherever, depending where you are, of course. But then if your nose bleeds, it's still, you're still middle of the pack. You, you're, you're paying a lot more to go to a nosebleed basketball game than you would just for one movie. I have not tacked on your parking where you have to pay for parking. I've not even considered that. Um, Game-wise, it's usually about a three-hour process. I'm not including overtime. Um, in the NBA, it's endless. Uh, NFL, we have a lot of ties. So hypothetically, you never know how long you're going to be there. MLB can go on for days. You, you literally don't know how long you're going to be there. I think the human body can conserve, it, it survive. I want to say it's like two days without water. You could probably last a month without food. I'm not sure what the longest numbers on any of these are. Um, but you're sitting in basically a plastic fold-out chair, and for some reason, you know, it, you, your shoes, they're sticky, you're stepping in sunflower seeds, people are elbowing you, it's hot, you're outside, 
And for some reason, it, it just makes sense for a hot dog, seven bucks. Budweiser, eleven fifty. Nachos, eight fifty. For some reason, that makes sense. You've already paid for parking. You already battled slow internet, pulling up your tickets on your phone. Everyone's around, their signal gets jammed. You, you battle the slow internet, it's a little awkward in line. You get in the stadium. You make your way to your seats, and it, it wasn't quick. It took a little bit to get there. And you finally get to your seats. You sit down. It is a plastic chair that for some reason always hits that spot that's not comfortable. And you're enjoying yourself, quote unquote, enjoying yourself for a game. And it, it is mesmerizing seeing professional athletes do what they do best. I, I, I get that. But let's say, you know, it gets the fourth inning, the, the second quarter, second period, you know, halftime at the match, 45th minute has now ticked away. The stomach starts growling, starts moving, starts letting you know something. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to get up. I think hot dog's pretty universal. We'll get up, we'll get a hot dog. Seven bucks down, not that big of a deal. Uh, but ketchup, mustard, onion, you want something to wash it down. How much is a Budweiser? Eleven fifty. Okay. The issue really is not as much the price for the items or just, you know, the name brand items, how we're just kind of blowing that out of the proportion. Well, I, you know, I, I think actually 11 bucks for a, a beer that might be 50 cents is insane. Criminal, it, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, you got to understand something. So for the ballpark, I believe random restaurants can actually rent it out and they can sell their own food there. Um, and I don't recall, you know, they're not blowing it up crazy, but for the most part, the stands that the ballpark gives you, just like those random hot dog stands, they're taking 100% of the profit. Um, I'm buying 200 level tickets. I'm paying, you know, upwards of 75 bucks. I'm hungry. And then I'm, at, I'm tacking on like 25% of my ticket cost in a hot dog and a Bud Light. Mathematically, that doesn't add up. I think ethically, no way that matches up. Live Gates doing tremendous, you know, 45,000 people pack into a, a baseball park, NFL stadium, you know, tickets 50 plus, 50 bucks plus. You're doing pretty nice there. Let's not even mention the jerseys. Every nine-year-old needs that jersey. Are we nickel and diming that much? And, and, and it's easy to say, look, it's just smart business practices. And hey, I get it. But at the same time, not everyone's Floyd Mayweather. I didn't come to the game in a mink coat. We're not dropping bills left and right. And it, 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 there's angles to it. You can take a step back and realize, you know, the hot dog probably cost two pennies to make, and we charged him seven bucks. That's brilliant. Define brilliant the way you want. I just don't know if I can get behind that. I don't know if I can get behind that. Hopefully the home team's good. You know, a, a losing team can only, you know, that, that, that pain can only be numbed for so long with X amount of Bud Lights that, that, that you know, your, your hunger pains you eat from those ancient, I mean, it can only be done so many times. That's not as bad as the airport. I think the airport's the worst, which is why I was surprised to see 25%. Live gate, on average, you're probably looking a little bit more than normal. For the average Joe, live gate's going to be more than the ballpark, going to be more than the movie theater. And just price of admission... And I get it, like, you're flying places, which is really, I mean, that's incredible. But at the same time, the issues we go for parking there, we're leaving our car, it's going to be a week-long trip. It's not a business trip, too. It's a personal thing. We're not getting expensed. 
you know, 200 plus bucks later, it's like I've doubled my ticket. Apparently I'm going twice or something. You get into the airport, no TSA pre, you got to go through normal security, take off the shoes you were rushing when you were packing. It's a hassle. People are getting annoyed with you. You're a little anxious. You're sweaty. You finally get through security or so you think, but you forgot to take off your belt. You got to walk back your dress socks. Now you just stepped on something a little sharp in the kind of security area. You look down, but you're holding the line even more. You finally walk through. You got to hold your pants while you're doing it. They're a little bit too big. You didn't try them on. You order them online. You get your stuff off there. You got to repack everything. You're finally in the terminal. And all you want is a prepackaged Caesar salad. That's the one thing you need. That, that's what's, that, that, that is literally going to make everything better, apparently. You look in your wallet, 12 bucks, I'm good to go. No, quite, Maybe I'll even get a drink out of it. That'd be fun. You walk up go to the snack stand. You find the Caesar salads. They also had a Cobb salad. For a moment, you think about it, but then you're like, come on, let's stay focused. You go to the Caesar salad. This is before the Romaine outbreak. You go to the Caesar salad. You look at it, salivating at the moment. You read the description of everything that's in it. Caesar salad. Then in smaller text below, you've got Romaine lettuce, Parmesan, croutons, Caesar. It's simple. It's how you know it. It's familiar. You look below that, you see a number. There's two digits before the decimal and two after it. You blink a lot. Your eyes all, they dried up. You don't know why. Your vision comes back. Everything's good. And you're staring at a $12.50 for what looks to be a salad that might not even fill you up. All that money in the wallet, it's not going to cover it. You got to take out the debit card. You were happy that you're going to get rid of the cash and kind of even things out and not have to swipe. And this was just at the normal snack stop. We're, we're not even going to any, like, you know, there, there, there's no Red Robin. There's no chilies. You're not stopping at the sushi place. This is just at the, at the airport's snack stop where apparently it's legal to price things accordingly. Here's my issue with this. Uh, you, you're setting a trend. You're setting a standard. You're setting a culture. I firmly believe the airport, and you know, I don't think they tell people how to price their items, but when you set a standard like that, when the big dog's doing that, what are the puppies going to do? You throw a Chipotle in there. Once, you know, seven bucks for burrito if you stay away from guac, all of a sudden it's like you're getting tacked on for guac with no guac. And and I, I just don't think the managers of Chipotle made that happen. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if there's some sort of control that's being placed on people. But I had cafe um, uh, at 5 a.m. in an airport. I was going on a flight. I don't know who would want to work there at 5 a.m. I think my bowl came out. For those of you who don't know, cafe um, it's kind of like take like a, the closest thing, it's like a Chipotle, get the Chipotle bowl, but it has more of like a holistic vibe to it, I would say. It's very good. But no, I got it. And I paid like nine bucks and it really wasn't that badly priced, but it was inflated a little bit. And part of me was just like, they, I don't think they, they don't have to do this. Here's an idea. Everyone, if you are a restaurant in an airport and you can appropriately price your items, if they can be the exact same from what they are in everyday life, you've got yourself a winning solution. Because every time we're talking about how everything is not fairly priced, that's a good talking point. It's not necessarily, you know, water cooler talk. But if you drop this ball and then it turns out it's a pinata and some candy comes out and that candy being, did you hear Subway 
a foot long in the airport's actually six bucks? Oh, hello. Huffington Post, Newsweek, Bloomberg. Name any other publication, that's a story. That's a story. But we choose not to do it. And it's not like we're choosing not to run it. It, it, It's just not a thing. Everyone inflates their prices. And I understand, you know, you have different tenants, they got to meet rent and stuff, and I'm sure it's competitive. But, But, you know, I don't think the issue stems there. I think it roots down to the beginning. Which only leads me to state that movie theater prices are by far the most fair. And it's very simple. Everyone, and this is also, these are from my shoes. These are from my classic black and white vans. It's very simple. Movie theaters that I go to, I go to old school ones. And, you know, I on a matinee, often it's going to be about a $5 ticket. If not, worst case, 8 bucks. That's mean. That's mean. So if we're talking live gate, um, it's the cheapest hands down. But now we got to talk about snacks. Here's where I give a little way. Look, if I'm only paying five bucks to see a movie, two hours, I might really like the movie. I might really like the movie. You know what? If I'm paying five bucks for entry, I'm fine whipping out $5.99 for a medium size of popcorn. If I am splurging Diet Coke, $5.99, sure. Candy, I understand we got to differentiate, you know, large and regular sizes, but I'll whip up $350 any day of the week if I'm paying that $5 admission. Understand, though, if it's a $5 admission, it's going to be a matinee. Uh, I will not be touching candy before noon. If I'm feeling frisky, sure, a Diet Coke, but five bucks, that's doable. That's doable, and I get it. Here's something you got to understand. Look, no one rents out space in a movie theater to, like, sell or to, to operate a restaurant. No one does that. All the profits go directly to the theater. If your gate's five bucks ahead, then you probably should be overcharging for a Diet Coke. If your gate is five bucks ahead, regular popcorn, 10 bucks? I hope you're selling Bud Light, and if it's not 11 bucks, there's an issue. Do Do we see what I'm saying? Very simple. Very simple. It's a live gate issue. Seating wise, you know, you're already losing there too. Parking-wise, you usually don't have to pay. It's not a big deal to get there. Logistically speaking, pretty straightforward. You, you buy a ticket. It's usually quick. You got to speak through, as if you're talking to someone in prison, you got to speak through the glass. You slide something through the, the metal dip. Hard to understand them at first. That's probably the biggest issue in terms of getting into the theater. It's a little hard to hear through that kind of like metal circle with all those dots, the microphone, whatever you want to call it. Once you exchange everything through there, you take it in, you get it ripped open by the people greeting you, you find your way to your seat. And it's not an annoying plastic seat. It's not going to kind of mess up the back. It's cushion. It's lovely. It's quality service. Everyone's serving you in a vest. Everyone is serving you in a I'm going to say that one more time. Everyone is serving you in a vest. When I paint it like that, does that make sense? And please, please don't hit me with the, well, John, I don't go to old school theaters. I go to the newer theaters, AMC, you know, Regal Cinemas, IMAX. Well, that's on you. That's on you. I don't need to recline to see a movie. I don't need to pay 15 bucks for a ticket. Live Gate's five bucks, matinee. Maybe I even come prepared before. Maybe I stay hydrated. 
have a meal before, you know, prior to even stepping into that theater. It's appropriate. I support it. I back it. Everyone, I'm actually literally looking at the clock right now. Uh, I hope I'm catching you at the right moment. Uh, maybe we're, we, we've gotten to where we got to go. We're just kind of going with the flow. Uh, maybe we're you know, making some, some headway on that cup of coffee. Maybe the tea is finished steeping. D- the water, are we done with it? Is it harder to drink with the lemon and the cayenne pepper? I don't, I don't really know, but well, this was the 26th installment of the Monday Morning Commute podcast. That's six months of the Monday Morning Commute. Everyone, my name is John. This all was my thing. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.